And welcome back to another episode of Grounded with Brandon and Craig. I'm Brandon. And I would be Craig. Yes, you would. Uh-huh. How are and you? I'm really good. I'm excited this week. Uh, let me tell you about why I'm so excited. Let's hear it. Number one, I'm excited because today is going to top out at 70, and I'm pumped. I can't wait. I'm looking forward to it. Also heading to Tennessee this week. And another thing i got to tell you, Mosers has a sale going on for Possum, two ninety nine a pound. So, Sue, I'll meet you at Mosers. I'll buy you your first uh, couple pounds of Possum, and we'll make a good old deep-fried South meal. How about it? Two ninety nine a pound. Two ninety nine a pound. Two point ninety nine cents a pound. <laughs> that's all I'll say about possum. Okay. She, yesterday, at church. She's like, "That's the grossest podcast I've ever heard <laughs> in my life." So. so she texted me on Saturday. I just showed you the picture. She texted me um, some turkeys that mm-hmm. had been hanging out in her backyard mm-hmm. all day. She said, "These been hanging out in my backyard. There's a lot of meat on these birds. Would much rather eat them than possum." You say that because you've never had it, and once you had it, it's it, it's kind of like uh, you you look you're like. How did I not? How did I survive without this? So I'm just saying. If you say so, I will take your word at it. <laughs> and I grew up in a holler in Virginia. Yeah, we know. So we know where you grew up. It was. I mean, like, I've yeah. eaten. Yeah. Not what? possum. I've eaten other things, but not. Have you had I've, squirrel? I've, I love squirrel. Okay, possum is. I like squirrel. squirrels. Chicken of the trees. <laughs> <laughs> Chicken of the trees. <laughs> yes, sir. I'm not sure where that came from. Never heard that before, but maybe that's a new new phrase for squirrel hunting. Yeah. Oh, okay. So let's move on along. So, yes, I'm excited this week, uh, minus the possum. Um, excited about today, and um, looks like a really nice week. And, I mean, i got to be honest with you. I'm so thankful that Friday when we got the uh, 19 inches of rain. Oh, my. I literally, like two or three we inches of had... rain. We would have had probably three feet of snow. <laughs> exactly. So um, that was one day I do not like all that rain, but I was thankful it was rain and not snow because, yeah. oh, my goodness. Can you imagine? We, we'd still be buried. Oh, yeah. We would have been buried. It would have been like 23 inches of snow in 2023. Like it, You'd have been able to remember that because we would have exactly. got dumped on. I mean, exactly. we got dumped on anyways. The rain was... Yeah. Oh my! It never stopped. And, and I'm serious. Yeah. Um, you know, it was like the Great Lakes on uh, Saturday because I did see a guy kayaking in a cornfield. It I'm was sure you absolutely did. awesome. I, I mean, greatest thing I think I've seen. In a while. I wish I would have stopped. I had traffic be, uh, behind me. I wanted to stop and just take a picture. Of this There's guy. a picture out there floating around of you and I in boats. Yeah. Out I, in the field. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> so Craig sends me a Snapchat the other day, and uh, it was uh, the the river was way up. Yeah, that was um, that was actually a field. Was bro. it a field? That was a field. And, and and he had his Bitmoji in a canoe rowing this canoe. Yeah. And so I screenshot it uh-huh. and I pulled it into Snapchat and and I put <laughs> me in a boat, a little John boat, fishing. You did right next to him. That should be our new graphic for uh, grounded. I think it should be grounded on the water with Brandon. Right. <laughs> Ungrounded with Brandon and Craig. So we didn't get anybody to give us coffee uh, today, and uh, but we are drinking coffee. And um, I started my morning out. I uh, went to the chiropractor today, and um, I don't go often, but when I do, I really enjoy it because it resets really my life. And um, I go every month. So before um, I went, I stopped at Tim Hortons and got um, you know coffee with a shot of espresso, and um, I was like. 19 cars deep in that line. Dude, you sent me a Snapchat. That place is hot because I pulled in the line the other day. I was going to buy your coffee, but I thought you were way closer than you were. And finally mm-hmm. I got impatient and and I went through and got – You lost my, your self-control. I lost my self-control. Yeah, gotcha. um, 
But that place never slowed down. No, and it, they and they go very fast. They're they're good. And so I got my coffee and I went to the doctor and then I I left and I came here and drank my coffee pretty fast and so then we're trying to scrounge around what are we going to do for coffee today and we landed on. We do have options. We have we we do have options right now because, um, I bought this mm-hmm. when we were doing the Kingdom Man. I bought two bags of this, and it's from Airstream. And um, I bought a bag for myself and a bag for us here at the church, and it is from Airstream, and it's Stella's Gold. And I got to tell you something. It's pretty gold. It's golden. Uh, so uh, Molly Nauman was the first one to give this to us. Yep. And um, we would have never known about this coffee if she hadn't given no, it to us. So. I didn't even know Airstream made coffees. No. and uh, yeah. <laughs> Who would have thought, right? Who would have thought? But uh, really good coffee. And the other one is Wally's. Wally Biome Blend. Yeah. That is just as good. It, mm-hmm. might, it might be just as I actually be. think the Wally Biome Blend is smoother it, it, and better. It, it might be. You, you're right, you might be right. But uh, for some reason, I do like this one. And, it's good. Um, it's good. So, yeah, I mean, I have a bag at home. We, I was like, so I looked at Brandon today. I was like, hey, so what do you want to do? You want to do the Stella's Gold? He's like, yeah, sure, why not? I've got a thermos in my office. I've already had a cup of... Um, what is, was it? Black Rifles, aka Espresso. Mm-hmm. And so I've had a cup of that and have a thermos full in my coffee area in my coffee in my office. So when we're done here, I'll get coffee that. on the brain, bro. I've always got coffee on the brain. <laughs> oh my goodness! So um, how about you this week? You um, you've got a good week of um, you know, planning out stuff, and uh, yeah. you're the kingpin on Sunday, bro. I guess if I, that's um, what you want to call it. Yeah, I'm actually looking forward to it. I you um, get used to it if you want. Mm, I don't know about that, Come on. but. This this sermon that that I'm going to be preaching on Sunday, I'm not going to give too much away, but um, got to because he doesn't know really what he's going to talk about. So, but go ahead. I am <laughs> actually done with the How sermon. About that? How about, How about that? that? It feels good, but um, now just kind of tweaking it and going through it and making sure I'm familiar with it. But it came to me um, just the idea came from lyrics from a newer Shane and Shane song, um, and somebody's been messing with our thing. I don't think that's really going to affect anything, but we'll see. Um, anyways, what happened? Uh, the mains were down, but it it shouldn't matter with the recording. It won't. It won't. Okay, I promise. He looked at me like, ah. Uh, if if it is, we'll start. Hey, welcome to ground. <laughs> yeah, Brandon we got to go through the possum talk again. Oh gosh. And, oh, okay. Um. But anyways, what was I talking about? You're talking about the you sermon. got your inspiration so, from uh, Shane and uh, Shane. Oh, I thought it was um, Merle Haggard. But anyway, go ahead. I actually have been listening to a lot of Waylon Jennings lately. I heard Waylon on the way in here, but uh, we're digressing. We're spiderwebbing. Shane so and get, Shane. Get back to your thing. I mean, Shane and Shane are Southern boys. They're from Texas. and um, But anyways, they've got a new song out Luke called... Luke Yeah, Luke and Bach, Texas. Uh-huh. Um, with Waylon and Willie and the boys. Uh-huh. But anyways, so they've got a new song called You've Already Won. And in there, there's a line that says, There's mercy in the waiting, manna for the day. And that just really got my brain going, and it just reminded me of the Israelites wandering through the wilderness. And and so that's where we're going to be next week. But that's all I will say about that. Well, here's the thing, and I don't want to I don't want to destroy. I don't. I have no idea what's going on in your sermon. So if uh, you can Neither stop me, you can stop me and tell me you're getting too you're getting too close. We don't want to talk about this prior to this. But okay. um, when I look at the Israelite people. And I look at what they went through. Um, it really, they, I, I really can, uh, I, I feel like the world a lot like them. Mm-hmm. Um, you're like, you're preaching my sermon, bro. No, I, no, I agree. And, and I'm going to be talking about that. But here's my thing. When I read through that, when I read through the Old Testament and I get to that, I get frustrated with them. And I'm like, 
everything you saw God do, and you're going to moan and complain and whine and be little babies, but then I take a step back and it's like, oh, right. I do the same thing. Right, and you know, let me ask you this question. There's God's will, yep. and then there's your free will, uh-huh. and God has a will for you, mm-hmm. and his will is for you to what? Glorify him, to trust in him, to be faithful to him, to basically follow me no matter what the cost, but right. then you've got free will, right. and then your free will kicks in, and then you... You say you have faith in God. You say you trust in God, but yet you don't. So the Israelites pray to him. They're waiting on him to, you know, 400 years they've been in prison, 400 years they've been in bondage. Four, you know, and all of a sudden, right. boom, they got this release. And now all of a sudden, they're, they're trying to manipulate the plan. For sure. And I do believe that sometimes we do the same thing. We manipulate the plan and we get in the way of God's plan. And so it's not that God doesn't bless us, but we don't see the full blessing of God because we get in the way. For instance, like a church, Mm -hmm. Uh, a church can be, you know, say church our size, 300. Okay. And, but who's to say this church shouldn't be 700? Absolutely. Right. Yeah. Because we get in the way. And we get in the way and God's like, okay, you want to do it? Go do it. You're not, yes, you're going to get blessed and yes, things are going to happen mm-hmm. good. And yes, people are going to find God. But yet, how do we know that since we're in the way? And I, and I'm talking about like, you know, our thoughts, our traditions, the way we think wrong and how we throw things in the way. We literally, I, I really believe God just backs up, folds his arms and says, all right, knock yourself yeah, out. Right. Go for it. If you know better. And, and and so, you know, as I look through it, um, kind of the big thing is for me when I read through the account of the Israelites and just this account of, you know, God providing manna for them and quail in the evening. I what manna tastes like. They said, it, the Bible says it tasted like a honey wafer. I like honey and I, I like wafers. So. I do too. I bet it was actually really good. But really it was filling too. Light and sweet. And you think it was like carb filled or, you know, give you energy or? I don't know. I mean, it would have to. Yeah. Okay. Somehow. But anyways, you know, as I, as I read through that, um, and I do think that we are a lot alike, a lot like them, but I'm reminded that God is going to provide for our needs. We want God to provide for our wants and needs. God doesn't promise that he'll provide for our wants. And this is the, this is the sigma. Yep. This is where we're at. Um, you know, we get into car payments and house payments and all these payments because, um, that's what we want. God promises he'll take care of our needs. What is my need? Basically, it's to be sheltered and fed. Am yep. I right? And clothed. Yep. Do you trust God with that? We're, oh yeah, I trust God with that. But yet we really don't because right. we always want more. Yep. We get a bigger house. Guess what? You live there four or five years. We want a bigger house. We get the car we want, and all of a sudden a newer one comes out. We want to get a bigger one, and we get want to get a better one. Mm-hmm. Um, you get the you get a boat, you want to get a better boat. You um, you know, you get a lake house, you want to get a mountain house. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it, it. When does it end? And yeah. I and I don't know sometimes that. You know, I think God blesses us in our lives, and uh, but we're to bless other people and to glorify Him. And exactly, a lot of times we get so wrapped up in us in and us. what we want that we. And that's what the Israelites did. Exactly. They were complaining, and then they were fabricating what was really going on in Egypt. They were like, oh, we would have much rather be back in Egypt where we sat around pots of meat and had plenty to eat. No, you didn't. I thought you were getting ready to say possums of meat. They did. I think meat. they had possum yeah. in Egypt. I mean, manna and possum meat would be yeah. pretty good together. It would. You know, everything you, you described— ever had possum gravy? <clears throat> yeah. Okay. No. Okay. <laughs> everything you described, you know, new cars and new boats, that sounds like a man going through midlife crisis. 
You know, speaking of midlife crisis, I was reading an article the other day, and this is the absolute truth. I was reading this article the other yeah, day. Yeah, you told me about this. And um, this article said that if you want to know how a man uh, a man is having a midlife crisis, men usually have a midlife crisis between the ages of 35 and 45. How old are you? I will be 38 next week. Okay. Anyway, let me go on with my story and my article People, here. I just want to say people – because you told me this, and it's like people will write anything. But go ahead. They'll write anything, but um, – the first person that popped in my mind was one person. But anyway, I'm reading this article, and it went on and it said that men have a midlife crisis. And what they'll end up doing is men end up buying boats and cars and shiny cars and um, cars that you normally wouldn't buy sports as cars, a, yeah. a sports car. And you know they they shock their wives and they come in and all this. And then um, sometimes you know let, let me just be honest. And um, you know sometimes men you know have affairs. And mm-hmm. and then it said the article went on to say if a man between the ages of 35 and 45, can't afford a new shiny car, new sports car, a camper, boat, whatever he wants to do, um, can't afford the new clothes. And this is what this said. He doesn't. He has great morals, and so he's not going to stray on his wife, or he's afraid to stray on his wife. I'm afraid to stray on my wife. Guess what they said they do? They run. That's what I've heard. That's they run marathons. And about a month and a half ago, two months ago, this guy months. comes and says, you know what? I'm going to run a marathon. I'm going to run a 25-mile marathon, and I'm going to do this, and I'm going to train for it. And I'm telling you, the article was one Brandon Chenault. <laughs> I told him that. He just looked at me and laughed. <laughs> yeah, that's my goal is to run a marathon by goal, the time. To have a midlife crisis. <laughs> to have a midlife crisis, to run a marathon by the time I'm 40. Um, and people have asked me. They're like, why? why? I'm like, well, listen, first of all, I'm trying to stay in good shape for my kiddos. I like uh-huh. to run. I do like to run. Um, but the the article said, but anyway, go ahead. Exactly. But the other thing, it's like, I tell people, it's like, I was in the hospital, not able to breathe a year and a half ago. Like God has given me the full function of my lungs back. I'm going to use them. And I don't have money to buy a sports car. (laughs) Right. And you do have morals. So, and I do have morals. So, and my wife would kill me. So voila, here we go. We're running a marathon. There we go. Now I'm starting with halves this year. This year's half marathons. And the article went on to say that uh, how you know you're over all that is when you just enjoy a big bowl of possum meat. Is that what it said? <laughs> um, can you forward that article <laughs> yeah. to me, please? Dude, I, 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 I did. I busted out laughing. That's funny. I'm like, I cannot wait to tell him this. So I walked in. I was all serious and I was like, guess what I was reading the other day? And then what I told him, he just busted out laughing. <laughs> Pretty sure I rolled my eyes and then busted up <laughs> <He> laughing. <did. laughs> But good stuff, though. It is good stuff. Yeah, but anyway, but yeah, but yeah, I mean, it's uh, man. No matter no matter where you're at, if you're 25 or 35 or 45 and you're running, I'm not a runner, right. and I don't right. run. I don't like to run. I don't enjoy running. I did enjoy it when I was 15. I'm definitely not going to enjoy it now. Um, but if you can do that, knock yourself out because yep. I think there's. And a lot of endurance. You got to just, uh, you know, when you're doing that, you got to make sure, like anything, you don't get hurt. Because yes, you know, you can, um, you know, no matter where you're at in your life, um, you're not 25 anymore, and I'm not your I age anymore. That. So I feel that. you can definitely feel things that you you're, you're always going to feel something. So, you know, when you're training for that, that's a um, that's what you're doing. You're training yep, exactly, so. and that's what I've done. So I've done most of my training on a treadmill so far. I did get out last Sunday afternoon. Last Sunday was a beautiful day. Um, it was like, I don't know, you got up in the 60s, I think, mm-hmm. a little bit of wind, but I got out and ran seven miles last Sunday afternoon. 
and the weather was perfect. So, but I've done most of my training on on the treadmill with this um, one guy that I found um, who I absolutely love, and, and he's all about exactly what you were talking about. He's about uh, making progress, getting you to your goal, to where you want to be, and making sure that you do not get hurt just which, because you can. And if you get hurt, then that does what? It, it sets you back. Way back. Um, and so, you know, I think that whether we're running or, you know, doing anything, that's, you know, we have to make sure that that's our priority is to well, do it the right way. You know, I think training on, on anything, and we've talked about this numerous times, and, you know, there's always a spiritual aspect to to all this mm-hmm. and uh, training right and, and training wrong. Yep. And um, here we go again. So bear with me. I'm going to go, I'm going to dip my, yes. uh, my foot into the baseball pool and I'll pull it right out in uh, 19. I know this is a long time ago, so bear with me. And I, this is all I have. I, I don't have up to date, so I'm going back in time. And you don't want up to date anyways. You in 1967, um, Tommy Helms, who was the second baseman for the Reds, awesome second baseman, probably one of the greatest feeling second baseman of all time, but he's underrated because of all the other guys. Um, but anyway, he, he cracks his heel in spring training in 1967, mm. and he said um, back in the day, no matter I'm like even like Pete Rose yeah. and stars like that coming in, um, coming into the season, were, you could lose your job. Your job was never secure. In fact, even Pete Rose said, I was never thought my job was secure until 71. I mean, he won two batting titles. He's two gold glover. I mean, he's, he's a lifetime at this point, 317 hitter. And until 71, he didn't think that he was a – Every year going in, I'm not sure if I won the starting role yet. Right. So you had a chance to lose that. So Tommy Helms said if he was – this was about 10 years ago. I was talking to him, and he said if I was playing today, that would have never happened. He said what they would have done is they would have set me down until that heel was corrected. Completely, yep. And he said – and they would have got me to where I needed to be, so they would have thought more long-term. He said back then we were so concerned about playing – and, and and so and job got, security, yeah, cortisone shot, cortisone, one thing after another, the sprays and all that. So yep. he said, I played on this cracked heel. This is what he said from sixty-seven to seventy-seven, and he said it totally changed his career. Oh, I'm sure, and I think that the same thing, you know, spiritually for us, um, you know, things happen to us, and if we're not, you know, I like the thing that your guy said. What is it? Uh, it was kind of a, a journey to where, yeah. Um, you know, your, your run. Yeah. It's and a process. It, it, it's everything's a process. a process, but you got to process it correctly. Correct. And that's what, you know, we talked about last week, right. you know, one of the other guys that I've run with in the past, you know, you, you talked about practice and if you're practicing wrong, right. guess what? Your swing's going to be wrong. Or if you're, you know, maybe a, a, a punter for football, then your punt's not going to be as efficient as possible. Or if you're a golfer, your right. golf swing's not going to be right. And that's what this runner said. He was like, mm-hmm. practice makes progress. You know, it doesn't make perfect. No. And that, and that is 100% true. So what's the hardest thing about uh, running for you? For me, mm-hmm. um, I think just maintaining proper form, you know, because it's like what you said. Um, when I first started running kind of longer distances, especially outside on these side roads here, I would get shin splints a lot um, because of two things. One, I would not roll through. my I wouldn't let my foot roll through the way I needed to. And so I pretty much jam my foot down and cause yep. that shock to go up into my shin. Yep. And the other thing is the side and back roads here, um, they're art to allow the water to roll off of them. Mm-hmm. And so like your right foot's hitting higher than your left mm-hmm. foot. Um, and so that, you know, so I, being conscious of that mm-hmm. is the big thing. Like for me pushing through endurance, like I ran and again, it was on a treadmill this morning, but seven miles, mm-hmm. it was an hour and 15 minutes. 
and and I could have kept going. It wasn't that bad, mm-hmm. um, but it's more of just making sure, checking mm-hmm. in with my body, making sure I'm doing things the proper way because if not, then I'm going to get hurt. Right. And then I'm going to feel it. Yeah, and that's um, that's pretty much the way with um, you know, with everything. You always have to. I think there's a lazy way to train, and there's a hard way to train. I mean, what right. does the Apostle Paul says? You know, um, you know, I run the race, but I beat my body. To, yep. You know, there's a re- there's a reason why it's endurance, mm-hmm. and um, you know, and I'm not a runner, and I don't enjoy running. But Paul, you know, relates to running the race, and he's right. I mean, it is it is. What you're doing is kind of what he's talking about right. on that side of it, and um, and I and I sometimes I don't believe that the Christian community takes their um, their relationship to God and to Christ and and to the Word of God seriously to mm-hmm. where we do run the race and beat our body and we're enduring. Uh, because uh, yeah, can I be honest? I don't see a lot of endurance. Well, I, see goes, a lot about, I see a lot of like selfish Christianity, right. but I don't see a lot of selfless Christianity. Yeah, and it goes so. back to that, you know. And I'm guilty of this, but that's the word we've thrown out for years now, three, four years, intentional. You know, I have to be intentional. I woke up and I was, was, you know, ready to run at 530 this morning. I'm sorry. Um, right. Um, but that's how, you know, that's how I like to, you know, I, I enjoy starting my day that way, but we have to midlife be... <laughs> crisis. We have to be that intentional though, when it comes to our spiritual walk as well. Right. And, and that's the problem is we want to get, we want to see the results right without putting in the effort True. and and whether it's it's working out or it's our spiritual life we we want to go to church for 1 hour a week and right. think that we're good and think that we're going to be able to you know we just got done and we'll talk about it here in a little bit but we just finished up a 9 week series on the fruit of the spirit you know right we we can't go to church 1 hour a week and expect that we're automatically going to you know, that those fruit in our lives are going to get better. See, I think sometimes in the Christian community, we grow not spiritually and mature and God doesn't transform us. We grow in religious mumbo jumbo and religious malarkey and talk. Right. And we grow in, um, church, <laughs> church ease, if I can say. And so there's a huge difference. And I'm going to be honest with you. Um, I could spot that when I was 17 years old, right? And I can spot it now. You can I, literally, you can't fool me. I know if you're, I know if you're fooling me. Yeah. I may not tell you, but I know deep down inside, right? Because you know why? Let's get back to what it, the Bible tells us. I know it by your fruit. by your fruit. I know if we decide that we're going to change the color of the carpet here at church, and if you absolutely break down and lose your mind and spend hours on the phone crying, guess what? You have no fruit in your life. Yeah. Get mad at me if you want. It is what it is. Mm-hmm. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, let's just be honest about it. You're 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 majored in church. You're majored in religion, but you're not majored in the things of God. Right. And if you're majored in the things of God, it doesn't matter if you're sitting on a five-gallon bucket or if you're sitting out in the grass, you're going to do what God wants you to do, and you're going to follow him because it's all about having people know Jesus Christ, and it's about you growing, changing, mm-hmm. and maturing. That's mm-hmm. how you know if you have the fruit of the Spirit in your life, right? Yeah. So. I never shut up stuff. for a second, did I? Wow, I feel like – thanks for joining thanks us. Thanks for joining us on Grounded. Right? And, uh, <laughs> no, that's that's great, and it, and it is just a good reminder of just how we need to be intentional and how we need to constantly be thinking of of, of what we need to – it's kind of like that next step, you know? Right. For me, when I – you know, going back to the, the training for – right now I'm, I'm training for the half marathons that I'm going to be running this year. Um, but I, I'm not just going out and running 13 miles right now. 
because my body's not ready to do that. I probably could do it once. That's what that article talked about too. But did anyway, it? Go ahead it probably read. did. Did um, you write that article? I did. Okay, <laughs> but it it was a self reflection okay. article. <laughs> Just being honest with myself. Um, but you, you know, I'm, I'm training, and and there are some days where I, you know, the guy that I'm training with, he pushes you harder. And then the next day, it, it's a recovery run because you can't push your body back-to-back days really hard right. because then you're defeating the purpose. You're not allowing your muscle groups to grow and everything. Well, the same you know, the same is true. We have to be intentional about going through that process mm-hmm. um, more than just a Sunday morning, right. digging into the Word, right. you know, getting plugged in with the right people, mm-hmm. um, spending time in prayer, um, you know, pouring into our family. You know, as, especially, you know, we've talked about it, you know, through our, our men's group study. But as men, you know, as fathers, as husbands, you know, it's our responsibility to lead our family. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We can't lead our family if we aren't being led ourselves mm-hmm. to. Exactly. And so we've got to dig into God's word. We've got to spend time in prayer with him. We've got to spend time listening to him. You know, so often that's that's one of my biggest downfalls. I want to talk. Like I said that yesterday. Yeah. Doing nothing is the hardest thing you're ever going to do <clears throat> waiting on God. Yeah. Because you're going to jump ahead. You're going to want to do it yourself and you want to fix it. You want yeah. it done now. The hardest thing you'll ever do is to do absolutely yeah. nothing. Just wait on Wait him. on God. Yeah. yeah. And I, and I know I've said that quite a bit, but, um, it, it really is. And, um, we do not want to wait on God. We do not want to listen to God. Right. We, we think that, okay, I got this thing. So God's telling me this. No, maybe God's not finished talking to you yet. Maybe part of waiting on God is listening for him, training you to listen to him. And this is a, this right. is very hard to do. I'll be honest with you. It's very hard. So, but anyway, we did end up last yesterday. We had a good day yesterday. We, it was good. Not as big in attendance, but we were close. Yep. We were close. Yeah. We were, we, we were within 15 or so. And, um, but it was, uh, it was a good day. I thought, um, you know, the worship was uh, good. Um, I, I just thought, um, you know, conversation in the hallway was good. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. Um, but, um, the, uh, I think the second service came back though. Yeah, they were back. They were a little bit more docile. Yeah, they were. <laughs> they weren't. I told you earlier, it's like, I know I'm not Jeff Foxworthy. I know I'm not Larry the Cable Guy. Or, or you know, if you look at a Christian comedian, I'm, I'm not John Christ. I'm not as funny as he is. Um, but some of the stuff that I say has got to be funnier than no response at all. Like, and I, I honestly, I'm just trying to make sure people are awake. But Maybe like when, they weren't. I don't think they were. Like I asked, hey, good morning. How's everyone doing? Good. Like literally got two people said, good. Are you, is this thing on? It's Hello? like, you Hello? know. Am I on? Are you guys in the same room? Hello? Right? Hello? <laughs> it's like having one of those out-of-body experiences. Exactly. <laughs> so, but yes, the second service was back. Hopefully that doesn't stay long. Hopefully they, they'll come they back rebound. again. Yeah. Maybe yeah. the new one will come back again, right? Maybe. Yeah. So maybe they'll be here Sunday for you. Maybe. I hope so. Yeah. Um, but we did. We ended. We ended our series. It was nine weeks. Um, I was going to say nine long weeks, but for some reason, it felt, I thought it went fast. I, yeah, I did too. I was thinking nine. It was going to go slow, but it did not go slow. I agree. For me, it went quick. It was good though. I mean, I think it was it's something that we don't do very often is walk through the fruit of the spirit. Exactly. But but it was a good thing to do as a change of pace. And that's the thing that we need to remind ourselves is that it is a fruit. It's not fruits. It's not nine different fruits because um, the fruit of the spirit is just that. This is one fruit, and um, and I this is the way I picture the fruit of the spirit, not fruits in a bowl, but one fruit. And I'm taking a bite. Crunch, love. Crunch, you know, 
uh, joy, crunch, peace. Cr- you know, it's it's the next bite that that right. I'm taking. I'm ingesting the fruit of the spirit. Yes. Uh, the thing that um, I think is very difficult with the fruit of the spirit is that you can read through this and you're like, well, um, I don't know if I have this or not. Right. I think we all display it at times, but I don't think we actually have it. And oh. and here's the difficulty in this. And, I, and I've really been thinking a lot about this over the last nine weeks for my personal self, not for anybody else, but, but for me, is how much am I willing to relinquish control to God? Yeah. So I will have this. I will have every single bite of this yeah. fruit, not just the ones that – let's admit some they of this is going to come naturally right. for some of us, and some of it's not going to come naturally for us. Yeah. And I think there's going to be some that we're all going to hit together, and then there's going to be some that we're not going to hit together. Right. And you know, you're going to be good at joy, and I may not be that great at yeah. joy, and you may be great at patience, and I'm not great at patience, and you know, and I don't know. And uh, But breaking them down each week is, um, is one of those things where uh, I, it really puts a – a picture on where where I need to go, and right. that's kind of why I did that. Right. Honestly, I did I went through the fruit of the spirit because I needed it. Mm-hmm. I needed. I was um, at the tail end of last year. I was I was um, <laughs> I, I had a lot of things going on in my mind, and I and I just I think I remember telling you know what we're gonna go through the fruit of the spirit because I kind of explained that whole story how that came about. I saw that s- several times, and you know billboards and right. license plates, and mm-hmm. I'm like maybe God's telling me this, and that's how we ended up. Uh, ended up with the fruit of the Spirit. So yeah. um, I, I thought that was really good. But let me read this one more time. It's Galatians five twenty two and 3. It says, the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our life. So that basically is saying what? You can't do this, right? Mm-hmm. And it says, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Yeah. The last one I think is very hard. It is very tough. It's very hard. You know, and to your point, you know, absolutely – so often, it, and I'm guilty of this, we try to produce this fruit in our lives, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but we have to rely on what? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, yeah. And, and you know, here's the thing. I think there's um, an area or two in all of our lives where we have no control. Mm-hmm. I think if we we're going to be really honest with each other, and you really have to do what – well, the word you've already used is intentional. Right. You have to be intentional about searching your own heart and mind and soul to figure out you know, what areas do I need to give control back to God. Because a lot of us give the areas of control to God that we're safe with. The other ones, right. we like him. Right. Even when it comes to like anger and you know unforgiveness and mm-hmm. you know, all those things, I mean that is you being selfish. And I think I said that yesterday. Any any word, uh, one word can be traced back to sin, or that leads us away from God, and that's being selfish. Right. And, and it's selfishness in our life or a lack of control. Um, but I just think that. I just think self control is a huge thing nowadays because you know I mean you don't really seek control from anybody today. Right. I mean, you don't see it from the world. You don't see it from our government. You don't see it from you, you see it from nobody. Right. Everybody just seems to be out of control right, right. now. Right. Absolutely. Worse than ever. So we started off by defining, you know, what um, self control is, and I, I think I said yesterday, I said this is kind of like an oxymoron. You know, it's it really is. Right. You know, it's kind of like, um, you know. It's kind of a conflicting phrase, yeah. self-control. self-control. 
I mean, really, it's like, right. I said, what, Jumbo Shrimp or right. Hell's Angels or Short Sermon or whatever. Um, I feel bad because I wasn't in there to interject second service. First service, you said Short Sermon, and I said, amen. Okay, let's let's make this right. I was shorter. You I, were, I was under you time were under both time. hours. I give you credit. You did great. You I'm banked going, time for me for this coming week, so I, I appreciate time it. time for me because I'm going to need it later on. I'm so just sure you that. will. <laughs> Uh, How about the Leroy Lawson quote? That was good. He said the term self-control is a little misleading. I think it's a lot misleading. Mm -hmm. He said it sounds as if we are capable of controlling our own lives. Leroy Lawson is good. Yeah, it's really good, good stuff. And I came up with a definition. It's a very Christian definition, but I think it's what it, it's perfect yep. for what we've been talking about. Self-control signifies a self that is controlled not by self but by God. Yep. You are under the spirit of God. He is the one controlling you. Now, this right. is the hardest thing I think it's going to, other than waiting on God, this is going to be one of the hardest things I think that, that we're going to do. And I like to, I didn't read the King James, um, part of it, but I did mention the King James uses the word temperance. Yeah. And temperance basically is, um, you know, you have, have this, um, it's a person who is not, they don't have outbursts in their life. They're, they're not, have a lot of ex excesses in their life. Right. So they're, they're more kind of balanced mm -hmm. in, in what they do. So I thought that was really good. And it's not really you're self-controlled, but you are spirit controlled. Right. Like high. Exactly. And that's where you have to, to exactly to land. You and I were talking about this, uh, these couple verses here that Paul writes in Romans chapter seven. This could um, be some of the most, um, Important verses to bleed into mm -hmm. any culture in time. Yeah, it, right now. It, it, absolutely. Yeah. He says this beginning in verse 18. I know that nothing good lives in me, that is, in my sinful nature. I want to do what is right, but I can't. I want to do what is good, but I don't. I don't want to do what is wrong, but I do it anyway. He just described me. And me. And probably everybody else who's listening exactly um, today, and um, he 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 did describe the struggle. This mm -hmm. is a struggle. It is. It is. I, I do want to do what's right. I do want to do what God wants me to do. But daggone it, I'm going to go out here today, and somebody's going to honk me off or <laughs> pull out right, in front of me, right. or they're going to flip me off for no reason. And I'm going to tell you what, it's going to get under my skin. So right. I want to do what's right, but man, in the moment, you and that's where you know my spirit has to. Right. Well, right, because we can't do it. We can't fight this no. battle. We have to tap into the Spirit. And that's what Paul goes on to say in Romans mm -hmm. seven twenty four and 5. What a miserable person I am. Mm. Who will free me from the life that is dominated by sin and death? And then I love this yep. part. Thank God! Exclamation point. The answer is in Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen mm. on that? Yep. I love that. So you see how it is in my mind. I really want to obey God's law, but because of my sinful nature, I'm a slave to sin. Mm -hmm. I love that. Thank God the answer is in Jesus Christ. Yep. He just gave the answer to everything. Yep. The answer is Jesus Christ. And people are like, too simple, don't see it. You're only not seeing it because you don't want to see it. Right. You're trying to find it in a human way. You never find what you need humanly or fleshly. It's only going to be spiritually. Exactly. And this is where you, this is where I'm looking at the sign. It says the rubber meets the road. Right. That's exactly what that is right there. Exactly. Until we, until we confess that. Yeah. And that leads us into the final example. Whoa. Every week. Has been. Has been Jesus. You know, and what better example? Why? What a layup, right? Why try to, what, what, why try to use another example when, I mean, Paul said it. The answer is in Jesus Christ our Lord. And so, you know, you said Jesus maintained control. He main, he maintained control through, um, three different 
scenarios here. You as you look, we're talking um, about the weekend he went to the yep, cross. Yeah, and, and with with his um, encounter with Judas as Judas mm-hmm. betrays him, um, and so the first was that betrayal. Matthew twenty six forty seven through fifty, and this just proves that Jesus is absolutely on another level. He's totally on than you and level. I are on another level. Um, Beginning in verse 47, it says, Judas, one of the twelve disciples, arrived with a crowd of men armed with swords and clubs. They had been sent by the leading priests and elders of the people. The traitor, Judas, had given them a prearranged signal. You will know which one to arrest when I greet him with a kiss. Okay, time out. What other way? Like, really? Like, right. and that's like a handshake in right. our, in our day and age. But if right. you shake somebody's hand, mm-hmm. you you're not. You, that's a that's a friendly gesture. Exactly right. And, and so in their days, when they greeted someone with a kiss, it was like you know, hey, hello, mm-hmm. friend. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so Judas, it says, so Judas came straight to Jesus. Greetings, Rabbi. He exclaimed and gave him the kiss. Jesus said, "My friend, go ahead and do what you have come for." Then the others grabbed Jesus and arrested him. And that's where Jesus is different from us because Very. I would have, you, you said it yesterday and I would have probably done, I'd have probably punched him in the nose. Like, yeah, I would have wanted to punch him in the nose. I think nose. I said, anybody would have punched Judas in the throat. In the throat. I'd have probably, <laughs> like, I'm assuming, you know, Judas for me is probably taller than me. So I'd have had to punch him in the throat, but yeah. like, I'll, I'll punch him in the chest. I still, right. Like, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> the kneecap. But yeah, I mean, I mean, Jesus is like the, uh, the Sebastian of self control here because, I mean, let's face it, he, he is God, but he is human and he knows what he's going to face. And right. It has right. to be irritating to have somebody so close to you all of a sudden that you have taught you. that you, yeah. And I mean, I've been betrayed by people. I've mm-hmm. had people that I thought were close to me, friends of mine, mm-hmm. who, who literally stabbed me in the back like that. Right. And I was not happy about it. I, I, I've thought about revenge. Right. Oh, absolutely. Time. And uh, but then I thought better. You know, it it's just not a good, it's not good yeah. for for us to to go down that road. And um, but you have to remember that um, you know, there's so many things that um, you know, Jesus was dealing with. Not only did he um not get back physically, he didn't get back verbally either. Right. And exactly. I think that's just because he could have he could have like cut him to a quick with his tongue. Exactly. But he didn't do it, and that's uh, so different from the world today. I mean. You know, if somebody yells at you, what's your nasty reaction? You you want to yell back. You want to respond. Somebody says something negative towards you, you want to say something negative back. Man, it takes so yeah. much when control. You, you mentioned it yesterday. Someone says something bad, bad about you, what do you do? You get on your computer, you get on your phone, you get on your tablet, and you blast them on Facebook. Become a just, keyboard cowboy. A keyboard cowboy. Right. Yeehaw. Right. The second thing that Jesus, um, you know, showed was um, uh, ex- uh, that he got through this was through uh, injustice. Um, and here's the thing that surprises me. Here he is, the son of God. He is God in the flesh. He was there at the beginning of time. And the crime that they actually got Jesus on is blasphemy <laughs> of all things. Right. You know what I mean? That's like them getting you on the crime of being a diva. Oh, you are a diva, but anyway. Right. Okay. Well, yeah. Anyway. So anyway, Matthew 26. Verse Don't make 16. me punch you. In the throat. In the throat. Because <laughs> right. I can't reach your nose. Exactly. Matthew 26, verses 63 through 68. Jesus remained silent. Hmm. Then the high priest said to him, I, I demand in the name of the living God, tell us if you are the Messiah, the Son of God. Jesus replied, I love this. Well, you've said it. And in the future, 
You will see the Son of Man seated in the place of power at God's right hand, coming on the clouds of heaven. Then the high priest tore his clothes to show his horror. Can you believe this guy? This, mm, yeah. I, I think this guy's overreacting and acting out to show. I, you think I'm a diva? About, this guy's a diva. Right. This guy's more than a diva. Anyway, he said, blasphemy. Why do we need another witness? You've all heard his blasphemy. What's your verdict? Guilty, they shouted. He deserves to die. Then they began to spit on Jesus' face, and they beat him with their fist. And some slapped him. This is crazy. I mean, mm-hmm. I would have been so irritated. They're saying, and they're jeering, prophesy to us, Messiah. Who hit you that time? See, that's when I just started naming them by name. Or I would have just been, I would have just been like, you, gone, poof, cloud of smoke. Right. And that's why we're not God. Well, Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he definitely maintained control through that injustice. And if you've ever been falsely accused of something, you kind of know what Jesus somewhat, somewhat been through. Because, this is definitely um, this is over the top for this sure, over the top. But um, a good example, though, once again, Jesus showing and displaying um, this control of God. And here's the thing that I think is um, amazing about Jesus is that he kept to the task no matter what. Right. I don't know if we can say that about you and I. Do we keep to the task even while we're going through a difficult time or while we're being going through injustices? Because sometimes we want to have this pity party. He didn't do that. Right. He he didn't even decide to do that. And then number three was escape. And and, and the reason I put this in here is because I think it's human nature to want to get out of your problems. If Mm -hmm. you're going through something, you want to try to get out. If if something's about to happen, you want to try to get around it. You want to you you just want to walk away. And and I think that Jesus showed immense self-control and love and joy and kindness and gentleness by doing by staying the course and doing what God has called him to do. I mean, if you remember in the Garden of Gethsemane, what did he pray? Not my will, but yours be done. Yeah. If there's any other way, take this cup from me, but I'm going to do your yeah. will no matter what. And that's exactly what he did. And um, sometimes I don't think that we have that attitude. Right. And I think that we should have yeah. that have that attitude. Um, you know, Pilate asked Jesus, are you the son of God? Jesus said, could have said, no, I'm not. Right. I was jacking with you. It's, you know, right. it's the apostle John. He really is the son of God. But I love what Jesus tells Pilate in John 19, 11. Yeah. You would have no power over me if it were not given to you from above. That verse is just yeah. quick, easy, and like right to the point. Yeah. He's basically saying, you know what? This was the plan from the very beginning. You're just a pawn in that. Exactly. Exactly. Um, and then the last thing that we talked about, number three, was uh, the development. And and I basically there was three lessons that I wanted us to to see on self control, and it's this: consider the consequences. Mm-hmm. Uh, because um, if you know somebody that doesn't have any self control in their life. Think about the consequences that they suffer. Right. They get mad, quit their job. They got to suffer that. Right. They get mad at their spouse and walk out. They, you know, you know, all these things. There's consequences to, to all to a lack of self control. To a lack yeah. of self control, and then and, and think about this too. I mean, you can become a slave to having no self control. I mean, there right. can be drugs and alcohol and sports and hobbies and pornography and you can mm-hmm. whatever you name it. Yeah. You can be a, you can become addicted to all these things because you have no self control in your right. life. Um. I love First John. First John two sixteen says the world offers only a craving for physical pleasure, a craving for everything we see, and pride in our achievements and possessions. These are not from the Father, but are from this world. That's a big verse. Yeah, huge. Number two, deal with the problem. Mm-hmm. 
I love um, John Piper's quote. It's going to be back-to-back weeks of John Piper quotes. You doing him too? I've got a quote from John Piper, yeah. It's pretty good. He is very good. This was a good quote. It was. He said, the Bible tells us to flee from evil, but sometimes when we flee, we end up leaving a forwarding address. That's That's a problem. problem. And he's right. Yeah. That is a problem. So, you know, you have to deal with the problem, but you you have to you have to cut it off. You got to cut that off. You can't right. just like because I you know, what happens is is that somebody will be like on a Tuesday be like I'm never going to do that again. And but on Friday you're doing the same thing back all over again. Same, you right. left the forwarding address. You left, "Hey, I'm going back to that." So, you you're not really, you know, getting away from that. In 1 Thessalonians 5:22, it says, "Stay away from every kind of evil." Mm-hmm. And that's hard yeah i know it yeah and that's just a big thing of just make sure that you don't put yourself in that circumstance right where you know that you know it's you know the spirit is willing but the flesh is weak exactly you know and so don't put yourself in that if if it's going to be a temptation for you if it's going to be something where you're not going to have Uh self-control remove yourself from the situation exactly Exactly. I did this like yesterday. Um, um, it's called an autobiography in five chapters. This was good. This was very uh, good. Chapter one, I walk down the street. There's a deep hole in the sidewalk. I fall into the hole. It's not my fault. It takes me forever to get out. Chapter two, I walk down the same street. There's a deep hole in the sidewalk. I pretend I don't see it. I fall in it again. It's not my fault, and it takes me a little long to get out. Chapter 3, I walk down the same street, and there's a hole in the sidewalk. I see it, and I fall into the hole. It's a habit now, and it's my fault. I get out immediately. Chapter 4, I walk down the same street, and there's a hole in the sidewalk, and I walk around it. Chapter 5, today I took a totally different street. And that's where that's what you've got to do sometimes. And that's what you have to do. Just have to take a different street. Take a different street. There are other ways around it. If you find yourself in a situation or you're giving in to temptation or you have no self-control in your life whatsoever, you have to take another street. Mm-hmm. You're the one that keeps going down the same road time and time and time again. Yep. Maybe you have to avoid the setting. Maybe you got to avoid a person. I think I even said yesterday, maybe you have to change jobs. I don't know what right. you have to do, right. but it's all about you and maintaining your relationship yep. to Jesus Christ and, and what he wants you yep. to do. And you do that by number two. You deal with the problem. Exactly. Um, you closed that section out by reading Proverbs twenty five twenty eight says a person without self-control is like a city with broken down walls. Hmm. You know, cities have walls for mm-hmm. a reason. Exactly. And if they're broken down, then what? The enemy is able to exactly. infiltrate them. And then number three, pray for God's strength. Mm-hmm. And I think this is huge. And you asked a question. Where do you find your strength? And I think if we were all honest, I think if I'm honest, I try to find my strength in what I can control. Exactly. Um, and so where do we find our strength? Does our strength truly come from God? Do we truly relinquish control to him? You know, do, is our self under control by God or are we giving it to him when it's easy and then kind of taking it back when when it's harder and we want to have that control? Exactly. Where we can dictate the outcome. I love when uh, people are going through – I don't love it when they're going through a tough time. Right, right. But when they're going through a tough time, what I love is when they're still uh, abiding abiding or following, trusting God, yeah. and you know it. Yeah. You know it. They're not wavering, and they're, it's hard for them to understand, but they've not given up. And, they, and they're praying prayers like, you know, God, help me get through this day. Help me get through this hour. Help me keep mm-hmm. my focus on you. Give me your spirit. I, I want to do what you want me to do. I'm not asking to get out of the 
trouble. I'm asking to help me get through the trouble. Right. And so I, I, that's a huge difference when somebody either is trying to get out or just trying to ask God for the strength to get through it. Right. And so I, I really believe that a lot of times is that we have to just really fess up that God is the only way out. Yeah. And this is yep. so hard for us. This, this is, this is where my control and relinquishing control to God comes in. Right. Because uh, you're going to want to take it on yourself. Yeah. Well, it's like Jesus's prayer in the garden. It's yep. like, you know, if there's any other way, yep. you know, get me through this. Mm-hmm. But if not, your will be done. Exactly. Exactly. Isaiah 26, 4. Mm-hmm. Trust in the Lord always, for the Lord God is an eternal rock. Yep. I believe that. Yep. Second Timothy one seven. I think you know what this might be one of my favorite verses. This is a very good verse. God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self discipline. Mm-hmm. That's a very good yeah. verse. Very good verse. Yeah. I know that there are so many things that we face in our life, and you know, you go through different things than I do, and I go through different things than somebody else, and somebody else is going through. We're all going through something, no matter what you're not, whatever you're going through. Yep. Somebody else is going through something too, and even yep. if things look like they're going well, there's always something you're going through. I mean, uh, I mean, I, I I can't recall the last time when everything was like 100 percent perfect. Right? Does it have to be though? It's probably not going to be. No, I'm probably not going to be. No. And so you, 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 well, like I said yesterday, I don't know how people face situations in life and not have God in it. Agreed. I, I don't know how people face like a day of death mm-hmm. without God in, yep. in, in their life. I don't know how you do that because, I mean, I've done hundreds of funerals. I think I said this yesterday, and there's a stark difference between uh, a Christian and a non Christian. Yep. Who who died? Yeah, there's tears on both sides, but there is hope and celebration and tears, and then there is grieving and, and uncertainty. Oh man, yeah. and it's doom and it's gloom. It's dark. It's yep. dark. Yep. And you're trying to give them in a snippet window of what God can do, but you know that they're just they're they're not hearing it. Right. It's it's a it, it breaks my heart. It yep. breaks my heart. And so honestly, I don't know how people face life without. God in control and God right. you know, giving you what what you need, and I close with Galatians two twenty. This is one of my favorite verses. Is it? Yeah, that's why I put it in there. Is that what it was? Yeah. yeah. How about that midlife you'll, crisis? You want me read it? Go right? for it. Exactly. Yeah. See, I don't even feel like I'm midlife. Oh, you I, are, bro. I probably am. I mean, if you died at fifty, you're 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 old age. I'm, I'm way. I'm, I am old age. <laughs> you're ancient, bro. Right. <laughs> Galatians two twenty. Paul says, he said, my old self has been crucified with Christ. Think about that that terminology, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. crucified with Christ. My old self has been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. Mm -hmm. So I live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God Mm -hmm. who loved me and gave himself for me. Mm -hmm. It's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. I love it. It's Jesus Christ in, in control yep. of everything. So uh, that wraps that part of the fruit of the Spirit up, man. I can't it's believe good. it. Yeah, right? It's good. A um, couple things coming up. Night of Prayer is coming up on Tuesday, March 14th at 6 p.m. Love to have everybody join us in the church sanctuary. Uh, usually about an hour, a little less, sometimes a hair more, but usually right at about an hour. So. Yep. 
And then um, on uh, Sunday, March 26th, uh, we are going to be talking baptism. Yep. And so um, I want to encourage anybody who's thinking about baptism, or if you know somebody who's thinking about it, and uh, if you're not going to talk to them, connect us, connect them to the church, and we would yep. love to talk to them And um, because we – we want people to make that decision. Exactly. So yeah. that's coming up on March 26th in, um, in our church. Uh, we have a, um, a, a, a book that's available for our kids. We've called... got one specific for children and one specific for teens, but they're the, practically the same book. Just one is at a different level for teens. It's called, um, taking the plunge, taking the plunge, right? Yep. Yeah. So there's that information. And uh, then we have LifeWise Sunday coming up in a week and a half. Um, that's going to be on the 19th of March. You're going to get the update on what's going on. A lot of great things taking place in that. So yes, it is. I encourage you guys to come. Don't take the Sunday off. Yep. You, you really need to see this. We're supporting this, and this is something that's huge in this community and yep. in this area that God's using. So uh, make sure you come to that. And then we got breakfast coming up. You like breakfast? I love breakfast. Yeah, I do too. I, I really like breakfast. So that's March 19th also. Are there going to be grits? I I don't know what's actually going to be there. I hope there's grits. Actually, grits are not good on my singing voice, so I hope not. Uh, you know what? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's yeah. grits. It's grits. Yeah. It's, it's, it is the – I tell you what's good with grits. Possum? Yes. Yeah, if you say so. Possum and collard greens and grits. There you go. He just <laughs> – I say that, but I've actually eaten rattlesnake before, and that was actually really good. I do not do snakes, but if they're dead, it's all right. That was more like a cat, wasn't it? It was. Yeah. Um, Easter's coming up. Right around the corner. You know, it is right around the corner. And that's a good thing because that means spring is right around the corner. Spring is here. Today right. it is. It is today. It won't be this weekend. We but. have a two-week sermon series coming up for Easter called Victorious. Looking forward to that. Mm-hmm. I'm going to talk about forgiveness and hope. What better things to talk about when it comes to Easter. Yep. Uh, we have our Easter egg um uh, hunt taking place April 1st at the Richwood Park. Uh, we are right now collecting candy um, donations as well as we need some volunteers. So check-in begins at 1230. Everything is free. There's food, inflatables. That okay. Sounds fun. Yeah. Music, games, crafts, cakewalk, and a Bible story. Wow. That's a lot, isn't it? That. Sounds like a great day. Sounds like all day. Now, I just want everybody to know, we are hunting Easter eggs, but they're going to be fake. I mean, we're not going to go buy yeah. and color regular eggs because that's just too expensive. But it, well, yeah. They're like, dude, I saw $9 for 18 eggs. Uh-huh. Thank you, Joe Biden. Find somebody yeah. that has chickens in. <laughs> exactly. Good Friday service them. is on Friday, April 7th at... Six o'clock. Six o'clock. That'll be fun. Were you thinking about that or were you waiting for me to answer? I was thinking. I I, I lost my place. Okay. Six o'clock. Good Friday. And then Easter Sunday, April 9th, 9 and 1030. Invite somebody to come with you. That will be absolutely perfect. It will be. Yeah. So I I was talking to Sue Fetter yesterday. Oh, here we go. And I don't know. About baseball? Well, yeah. And I told her I would give a one, just one. Recipe for possum. So here we go. You ready? And then we'll get we'll get off the possum talk. So here you go. If you have your pen and paper down, here we were. I was getting hungry, but I'm not hungry anymore yeah. now. You use lots of black pepper. <laughs> what? Nothing. <laughs> He's just, 
you got to use lots of black pepper and you you can you can put that at your discretion okay so you sprinkle the possum lightly with flour all right lots of black pepper on the meat and then you sprinkle it um with flour to help brown it a little bit okay you take a spoon <laughs> He's holding his face. <laughs> yeah. You take a spoon and you put uh, some broth, like chicken broth, meat broth, whatever, over top of the possum. You with me so far? I'm with you. It's just to, it's just to base it. And then you preheat the oven to 350 degrees, okay? And um, then you um, – and then you brown – you keep watching it brown up while you're while you're cooking. This is only one way, okay. And um, and then you keep sprinkling it with, you know, broth, and you let it cook for about an hour and a half or so. And um, you know, you can serve that with mashed potatoes when you pull it out. You can, you know, rice, um, anything like well, that. whatever you do okay, as what? you serve it. What? Serve it rice, mashed potatoes. Just remember, last week you quoted Julia Child. Presentation is everything. It is. So when you pull it out, it should look perfect. Okay. There you go. So, Sue, if you try that, I don't want to invite it over, but let me know how that is. And, and I'm going to take you – tell you – There's no one listening anymore, FYI. They <laughs> what you, all... called, you called the squirrel the chicken of the trees. Chicken of the trees. Possum is the chicken of the road. So there you go. <laughs> okay. He's like, Goodness. I am done with this podcast. <laughs> right now, everybody's hurling. <laughs> There's no one listening. It's just you and I. We, I don't even know why we're talking right now. Like they have all checked out. <laughs> just us. Yeah, actually, that that is a good way. I'll, I'll, I'll give you a better one next time where you you can fry it in a pan. Well, eat. You fry anything, and it's especially some bacon grease. Well, you if you take if you take that the um, you know the runoff of the possum after you cook it, you can make a really good gravy. <laughs> He's sick. To I just snorted. Yeah, you did. Okay, let's get off of that. Oh, anyway, Sue, there you go. I promised you the recipe in there. Oh so. man, <laughs> it's gonna be a good week. <laughs> the sun is shining. I can see it coming. It was like, a, just get out of here. Go to a, Tennessee. Be get, done. Get, get out of here. <laughs> just go. No, it was a little rainy this morning, but the clouds have broke. It's sunny outside. It's gonna be nice right. today. It is going to be cold this weekend. I'm going to shoot an archery tournament uh, Saturday, archery shoot on Saturday, and it's going to be high like 43. Oh, really? 45 uh, maybe. What do you care? You won't be here. Well, I mean still, I mean it um, It would be better if it was like 53. I agree. Or 63. Or 73. Exactly. But uh, but anyway, thank you guys for joining us today. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Thank you for hanging in there with the possum talk, and uh, we all won't three do that. of you. I, I won't do that anymore. I just, I just, you know, uh, I she made such a big deal out of this. She really wanted that recipe, so I thought I'd give it. Um, but you're right. We need to work on your people skills because I don't really think she wanted that recipe. Oh, you think she was just being tongue in cheek? I think so. Okay, yeah. she really looked like she wanted it, but. Mm. Wyatt, good luck, bro. Right, exactly. But yeah, so uh, but thank you guys for joining us. Hey, get in there with us, and um, we um, we have uh, quite a few people that listen to us all over. Actually, yeah. I hear people in Texas and people um, in Arkansas and um, people from all over. So um, I know we got a couple Florida, in Virginia. Vir- well, there is some in Virginia. Yeah, yeah. William so, Loretta, Willie. <laughs> 
Exactly. But thank you guys for hanging in there and putting up with, um, you know, Brandon's talk and, you know, him getting off rail and all that. Yeah. So. Thanks. Yeah. Pray for me in my midlife crisis. Yes. Oh, gosh. Yeah. We're all going through it with him. So. <laughs> All right. Well, on that note, thanks for joining us. We hope that wherever you are, it's a beautiful day. I feel like Mr. Rogers now. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's a beautiful Such day a in the good neighborhood. Feeling <laughs> to know you're. Yeah. My sh- I gotta put my shoes on. We gotta say bye. All Goodbye. right. Have a great day. Bye. Bye.